1: just stay working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and
2: everything in between. Yo, so it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Broken, live or die. So speak. Now. Just fall apart I do, I don't I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well, it's crazy To imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble With every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life Raise your thoughts a little higher
3: Welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. We would like to thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. We are, again, well, I am, I'm sure Torian is as well, ready for part two of this. Uh, Part one was just a show what my spirit and soul needed, what my life needed. So I'm excited, Torian. I just finished listening um, to part one. Uh, I know I've listened a couple times. Did you get to listen before? Yes,
1: that was the second time for
3: me. Yeah, and, and it just made me want to go in my room and just call in as a caller or something and just listen again as a caller, as a listener, not as a host. So we hope that you guys are going to stick with us tonight. We're in it for the long haul. Very exciting show. Again, if you are listening to it for the first time, do take the opportunity or take the opportunity to go back and listen to part one so that you truly get uh, the message that is being sent out um, here. So lots going on in our world today. Sure, it is affecting our life today. Uh, Sorry, I was kind of just talking. I can even feel the energy. We're just, I don't know, but we're going to talk about a little bit what about what is going on um, in the world today? Later during the show, we're just going to kind of keep the energy flowing as it should be um, positive and and about learning and sharing. So that being said, uh, if we have any first time listeners and callers out there, why don't you call in, give us a shout out, um, tell us what you got from the show, and do share the show with friends, family, and and all that you can. So. We're on every Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, Rodney, uh, Jordan, is usually on with me, but he recently got married, and I'm not sure he may join us a little bit later, but he's on his way out with his beautiful bride, his wife, um, on their honeymoon, so they're going to be leaving out soon. So thank you all again. We're back for part two of Energy Flows, Where Energy Goes. And just to kind of recap, Torian is here. Hey, everybody. With me and going to feed us again tonight. Torian, um, any words from you before we start?
1: Um, no, I'm just ready to uh, attack these
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: attack these different subject matters as, as they come. Right. If anybody has any questions about the last show, feel free to post them, and I, I'd love to reiterate on some things.
3: Okay, okay. Well, I'll start uh, by saying during the first show, this part one, mentioned playing chess and so I took him up on that and um, I am so glad that I did i I was actually I should called around asking people do you play chess I take mm-hmm. people do you play chess because I wanted to play so
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I got a few yeses and some nos, and people said well I, I've always wanted to learn and for me I me as well I've always wanted to learn however I looked at chess as being this kind of complicated, um, over-the-top kind of game, and as we played, I really did find myself thinking about life because it seems like it was purposefully designed the way with the naming of the pieces and just the the direction or the, um, what would you call it for the pieces, the, um, not purpose for it, but the the roles that each one of them take take on. It's almost, not almost, it is so applicable to life. So I challenge you, if if anyone is in Memphis and and you want to learn with me, please call me. I'd be glad to meet you at Starbucks or something, and we can, you know, pretty soon I'm going to beat Tori, and he's probably not going to ever want to play me again, okay. so I'm going to need a new partner.
1: <laughs> I'd like to, if I can, reiterate um what the the purpose of learning chess was for for individuals that may think that it's just a game, it's just a waste of time. um, Well, that same thing can be said about a lot of things. However, this is like going to the gym for your brain, for your mind, okay? One thing that I really want everybody to to understand overall, especially with regards to to energy and what we're talking about, your mind is the only thing that you ever – truly possess, you ever truly own in the world. Everything else can be taken away from you except your mind and your mind's capabilities. So investing in your mind is the thing that leads you to be able to attain anything else you want in life. So that's something that you need to understand, that nothing comes to you without the use of your mind. Everything else, okay, say somebody gives you something. Well, that's just not the same as you – using the elements at your disposal to get what you want, to navigate yourself through this harsh harshness of reality. So chess is French Riviera for your brain. You are enhancing your mental capacity by indulging in this game. Um, when you learn how to play it, this will become much more apparent to you, but... I can't stress enough to you how important it is in the overall uh scale of things that this be one of your major keys to unlocking doors.
3: I've never heard it put that way. Chess is like playing learning to play chess is like going to the gym for your mind. Never heard it called it put that way. And how often do we think about really strengthening the mind?
1: Um um, I think in the daily draw, people may not really think about it very much at all, especially if during their daily activities and their daily routines, they're not really being challenged. Um, and typical with most individuals that have a nine-to-five, the work is pretty much preset. And that work being, you know, like an assembly line, it's, it's pretty much, you know, cut and paste, <laughs> uh, ABC. You know, there's nothing really to think about, Um with regards to problem solving, with regards to using a, a keen intellect, to using the, the elements that are very much involved in the game of chess, which, you know, include deception, which include, uh, I mean, just there, there's a multitude of, of things to, to consider and think about, and this game provides all of those via, as assimilation to life.
3: And really, you know, Karina, as I, as I hear you say that, um, it really is about taking control, taking control over your life and in your life. Because change, I saw a post of a friend the other day on Facebook, and she said, in this place all alone, um, change is difficult and lonely, she said. And I could so relate. And I think as we work to create our own energy, the most important thing to realize is that you really have to, to be prepared to focus on yourself. I think it's about you have to be a little bit selfish. I think you and, and if that's and I'm gonna use that word cautiously, I guess I'll say, because as you taught us in part one, everything that's good is not positive and everything that that we've been taught, I think, or led to think that is negative is bad. That helped me that helped me Throughout these last two weeks after the show, and as I mentioned to you, what you talked about, overreaching, Mm -hmm. that has come to my mind when I found myself, even without thinking about it, just overreaching in life, overthinking, overdoing, overbeing. Um, I'm learning to just relax in myself, whoever that may be at the time, um, and deal with what's happening, what's going on, the current events in my life. I'm not I've decided I'm not going to force people, force things, force situations. I am going to um, get in tune with myself, create my energy, take control over my mind, and live life. Allow my energy that I promote to project my life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So to start, I guess I'd like to just kind of read what we started part one out with defining energy. And basically, the strength and vitality required for sustained sustained physical or mental activity. And as we noted in part one of the show, part one show, uh, sustained physical or mental activity is what stood out to me because so often we get we get going. We find a little bit of momentum to say, hey, I'm sick and tired of, of life as it is, and we get a little of something that creates this physical or mental activity. However, it seems that world, life happens, the world happens, and we lose that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so I wanted to start there and maybe put, talk a little bit about that potential energy and then if you could talk on the overreaching because – Um, And I'll I'll read that again for those of you because I think I kind of read it really quickly. But energy is defined as the strength and vitality required Mm -hmm. for sustained physical or mental activity. So if you would pick up there, um, and for those of you who are listening, the call-in number, 818-691-7406, 818-691-7406 if you're listening by Facebook, of course, we don't know that you're out there listening. And if you want to call in and, and voice your, uh, submit your questions or voice your uh, opinion, you can do so. Or you can submit in the Facebook, uh, on the Facebook event page, or send a message to Torian or I, right? Will you mm-hmm. be able to see it too? Yes, i okay. okay, so you go at it.
1: Okay. Um, there, there's, an, I want to say, there's an enormous amount of very anxious, nervous energy. I can feel it coming off of you, and I can feel it coming I from myself it. Yeah, we are because it is, it is, it is being. We are being affected by the collective consciousness yeah. that has created these events, which we're going to get to later. But I wanted to point that out because I feel it, and I can feel it coming from you also. Um, with regards to overreaching, um, this is this is something that we still need to have complete understanding of what it is that we are choosing, whether it be a goal, whether it be a position in life, a status. Um, we need to know what it is that, that we are wanting to even know whether or not we're overreaching. Uh, but the signs of overreaching definitely include that exhaustion that you, that you mentioned, that, you know, getting so burnt out, okay? It's, I love analogies because the analogies and symbolism which we're going to discuss later when we discuss how words have energy in uh, different foreign languages, which is something else that I brought up in the first uh, episode. But an analogy for this would be running a, a car engine without oil. You don't, you don't have the proper lubrication, but yet there's so much friction from, from all this movement that is basically burning, burning and destroying the, the vessel itself. So realizing that when you're getting burnt out, when you're, over, when you're overreaching, um, how to make those corrections, those, that is a marker. That is a genuine marker that you may be overreaching. Um, when it comes to your goal yet again, you need to clearly define and, and understand exactly what it is that you're choosing to do. Therefore, you can under, you can create the parameters yourself for what your goal is, and stay within bounds for what what it is that you want to try to implement. You create a plan based on several circumstances. You say, okay, well, these are my resources, uh, A, B, C, and D. If I go beyond these resources, then I may have to change plans, or I may have to withdraw.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Say you start with a particular budget, okay. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, well, I have a budget of $500, so to speak, to get goal accomplished. I know that I have friends that I may rely on if I need to borrow (laughs) with maybe an additional $100, okay, and that's a fail-safe. So that's like B or C in your plan of A. Mm
4: -hmm. So
1: you know that by the time you get to to B and C, you may need to shift gears. You may need to actually change directions or reevaluate things as they are rather than, you know, constantly putting yourself out and taking bigger and bigger risks, mm-hmm. becoming more and more stressed, you know, all of these things that are hindering you from being able to, to reach your goal or realize whether or not your goal is something that can come to fruition.
3: So it's kind of what, um, from the first show I, I wrote down, going in one direction a bit too long, mm-hmm. kind of what you're talking about there. Yes. Or, or staying in a place, you know, a certain place. Sort of, uh, and, you, and you
1: spoke about um, overreaching with regards to dealing with other people's energies mm-hmm. um, and how that can also affect you in a uh, negative way or mm-hmm. a, a way that's not conducive to, to productivity where um, a person says they, they want your help or they need your help and you, you keep mm-hmm. extending the help to that person, but yet they just can't seem to get over the hump of self-destruction, mm-hmm. and they invite you on that same path of self-destruction, and you have to know, hey, I'm overreaching again. I'm doing too much for this person, yep. and they are not doing enough to support themselves. Mm-hmm. I need to withdraw mm-hmm. before they destroy me too.
3: And see, that also means that one has to know, that That brings me here to the connectedness, and I know we're just jumping around here, nice, we'll uh-huh. get to our place, but it brings me to the um, connected, like we talked about, people have such a a sense and a desire to feel connected in life, connected to people, connected to something that they feel elevates them or speaks that validates them. Maybe that's a better word. Right. However, I don't think that's possible consistently and on a positive, productive, in a in a positive and a productive way unless you first know your connection to yourself. Sure. Like who are you really, and how do you feel about who you are? What 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 things about you? Because part of this overreaching that I have felt since you spoke about it comes from me really going, and I won't say me choosing to go, but all, almost like feeling forced to go in, to go in and feel some kind of way about some things about mm-hmm. self, mm-hmm. and then realize when you are that allowed me to realize, okay, here you are with this part of your life that allows you to overreach in mm-hmm. a sense. So like what you said in part one, taking control of those thoughts, um, uh, minimizing those thoughts so that we have I think we talked about I don't remember maybe it was eighty thousand thoughts that one mm-hmm. has per day, estimated. Right. So you think about that people, eighty thousand thoughts per day is the estimated um number of thoughts that one has. So, and, and I, as you think about that, for me, I thought, wow, because if you, I know things just come up. You think, well, where did that come from? But it's about not really knowing where it came from. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And how to keep it away? How to organize it okay. and
1: whatnot by priority. Um, and like I said, just defining which of those thoughts are actually relevant thoughts mm-hmm. by comparison to the ones that just come up sporadically that include basic animal. Um, okay. Reptilian brain function.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, I gotta eat. I mean, like so and so. So, when they don't contain deeper philosophy or anything like that, they're they're very much uh, self-sustained. They don't require a whole lot of attention. Uh, in as much that your goal that you intend on implementing requires more attention.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay? okay.
1: And these different disciplines, like as I was stating about playing chess and things like that only help to improve the mind's ability to focus, to eliminate the brain chatter, to cut down on the ADHD of, you know, thinking too many thoughts and random thoughts that are not congruent to your goal.
3: Hmm. Well, you got to know that goal, don't you?
1: Right. You do have to decide and truly commit yourself or whatever goal it is.
3: I think a lot of us fail in that area, me included, being consistent. Uh, number one, I think it's so important to, to keep that goal front and center, like always on your mind, write, write it down. Um, I know we, we – I used to I mean, hear a lot of people say, write the vision, make it plain, write the goal, what, you know, whatever you have it. But I think doing that is so important and going back to revisit and restructure the goal, the plan even your focus, because mm-hmm. like you said, when you get that phone call, if your, if your goal is to save $500 in, I don't know, 30, 40 days, and you know that your budget has, you know, you have a budget set, and if you go out tonight, as you, as you get that call and you make that decision to go out, it's going to really kind of disrupt. disrupt it. Mm-hmm. So you, you make that decision. If you go, then you need to restructure the plan, right? You True. need to come back and regroup and focus. and Maybe you can eliminate another, you know, in another area. But we have to keep that that goal front and center. True. That's what I mean about being being a little selfish and being able to take take, but deal with um, the process of creating your own energy and, and owning it. Mm-hmm. Because, like transformation and like change, it will get you in a in a in a part of life that feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, Well, um, for those of you who are listening, again, by Facebook or online, remember you can always call in, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. This is part two of Energy Flows, Where Energy Goes, and we have Tori and Whitlow here with us uh, for round two of this. Chat room is open. You you can listen online um, by way of chat online with us as well. So I see we have someone out there. Oh, this is Rodney. Hey, how are you? How you doing, so he man? is, he is listening. Oh,
5: you're
3: good. You're on? <laughs> 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 I'm good. How, how, are we, nice. how are
5: you doing? Uh, Tori? what's going on, man? How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm
4: congratulations on
5: your, your recent uh, ball and chain there.
4: <laughs> <Apologies>.
5: <laughs> uh, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank
4: you.
5: So I, I, I do apologize for missing, exactly? uh, for missing part one. I was, I was somewhere. I don't know where I was, but I was somewhere. <laughs> where we all? <laughs> now you were
4: somewhere for real. It's not something like that energy. <laughs>
5: Well, no, yeah, I, I, awesome. I think I was, try was trying to get. I think I was trying to get back to the United States. They in <laughs> Mexico seemed like they didn't want to let me go. <laughs>
3: he had his bachelor party in Mexico with his boys, so mm. we'll leave that energy there.
4: <laughs>
3: <Nah>. <laughs>
4: uh, great show, though. Great yeah. show. Um, I think.
5: I think I, I think I uh I think I dialed in as soon as uh as soon as the music went off. So um I figured I'd just listen until there was a there was a pause. But uh but great show so far. All right. Thank you. All right, okay. Well you got anything you wanna interject um, <laughs> about any of what we just said? Absolutely. Uh so i do have I do have a a question maybe more than one question we'll 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 see where it goes um as far as people giving other people too much of their time or too much of their energy uh what are some of the early signs that that people can pick up on um where they would know, hey, I need to say no right away or um, you know maybe after I don't know, a time or two they need to walk away. And and for those people who have a hard time saying no or for those people who, um, you know, have a hard time with breaking away or separating or, you know, just not wanting to hurt people's feelings, what are some of the, the ways that they can uh, get away from those people who may be, uh, you know, putting that negative energy into their life or uh, those negative vibes?
1: That's a very good point. Um, Again, um, just like in the the first show, a lot of what we talk about takes honesty. And when you have a very honest outlook on things, it's very easy to pick up on individuals that do not. And by setting certain standards for yourself, which really will just come through experience, you know, when when you've been done over before, that sticks with you. Um, that is a actual shift in your own consciousness that allows for you to have that little bit of coldness that you need to say no. Um, and unfortunately, until you've experienced um, being done over uh, being being a, a victim of people that have a parasitic behavior, until you've experienced that, then... It, it pretty much is. A for, it, it's one of those things where you pretty much have to go through an initiation. You pretty much have to go through that as a rite of passage in order to change yourself. Um, some people are taught basic principles in order to avoid this when they have um, parents and things like that to say, you know, you can't trust everybody, son. You know, people will try to, you know, use and abuse you, son. Blah blah blah. But in the long run, it's just like you know that baby putting their hand in the fire for the first time. You don't know it's going to burn you until you experience it. You don't trust or you don't believe that it's going to burn you until you experience
3: it. I want to jump in. Do you think that most of us are taught, great question, Ronnie, this brings, brings this up to mind, but do you think most of us are taught and hindered by this to be overly um, nice, to be accepting? It reminds me of the video I saw that you posted today, great video, by the way, Of I don't know his name, but the cowboy. Oh, oh, like, oh, uh, yeah, how, Max Bishop. Right, how he talked about when he meets someone, when he meets you, he he expects he's not a, to he's like
1: you. A, a pessimistic view. uh, viewpoint. And unfortunately, people look at pessimism and, and skepticism as a bad thing. Um, but this is very much a means of protecting yourself. Um, you, you look at a porcupine out in the woods, uh, it has thorns to protect itself. It's protecting itself from things that would eventually come up and try to bite it. That's just a, a means of defense. It does not, it's not necessarily something that is bad. It's not evil. It is just a, a simple means of how to conduct yourself through life that gives you a little bit of an advantage from predators because people that are predators generally don't have the same mindset of those of us that are honest. People that have that predatory nature completely defy everything that we think of as right and wrong. We, most people cannot even fathom how to think like people that are evil and that are predators. Not to say that everybody that is in need is a predator, but a lot of them get very comfortable with the fact that they can just go up to somebody and ask them for something and they got them. They don't have to work for anything. They know that they can always latch onto somebody and live off of them. Um, just as an example, uh, I pass by you know, uh, beggars a lot of the time, that sit at the interstate. Um, and one in particular, he'll have a dog with him one time. He'll have two dogs with him the next time. He'll have no dogs with him. This guy lives right around the corner from where he begs it, But your average person that drives past him every day doesn't know that this guy has a home. And he's preying upon people's genuine nature and emotions by having the dog that they – I've seen people give him $20, spot him $20. Mm. So there are people that don't think like your average goody-two-shoe, your your average person that's just trying to do the right thing, and they will prey upon you. But having general principles to say, okay, you know what, Um, I'm going to take people on a case-by-case basis. Uh, If somebody asks me for something, um, I'm going to observe them, I'm going to give a little bit of myself. I'm going to give a little bit of my time. Uh, But when I see that this person does not ever do anything of a reciprocal nature, they never do anything for anybody else, and here they are back again repeating the same cycles that got them in trouble the first time, all of these things are markers that this is a person that is only ever going to do this. This is a person that is deeply in need of a personal shift in their own paradigm.
3: Wow. I, I, I remember that's seeing... Real,
5: I think um, that's a really good point. <laughs> yes, sir. This,
3: this is a, a true story where a lady, she was she was nine months pregnant, um, met this lady online. This lady purposefully seeked her out and her purpose was to take her baby. And she literally tried. What? Why I'm bringing this up is The lady, the baby, the mama, says as soon as she got to this lady's house and her purpose of going was this lady was going to give her baby clothes because she said that she lost her baby and she had all of this stuff that people didn't want back and she wanted to give it to her, but what she really wanted was her baby. And this lady says, when the mother, when she arrived, she immediately felt this was not right, but because she didn't want to be ugly. Because this lady was giving her something, she did not want. She did not follow suit. Mm-hmm. And so, prime example. We we I I think our internal self speaks to us all the time and tells us and warns us. But again, we were we are taught that like and like what you said. Not all things that are good are positive, and not all things that per se we say is negative is bad. Um, and and retraining your mind that that is something as well. Not as much as the overreaching, um. That's something that came up after the part one as well, but that's just a prime example. Think about in your own life how many times self has spoken to you, but you would not listen because you did not want to come across as a fan.
1: You wanted to be politically correct. You wanted to be liked. You wanted to serve your ego uh, in the aspect of being liked and the whatnot. um, You you fell for it. and These people that prey upon you up Con artists uh, are a prime example of this. Um, they prey upon individuals in some of the, the most evil of ways because they they know your psychology. They know how to manipulate your psychology while they remain outside of that whole spectrum of, of psychology, the, of the way that things are affected, uh, affect most people. So they know that, you know, they can play on your, They can play on your emotions. They can, you know, satisfy your ego and get a lot more out of you by simply, you know, saying things here or doing things there. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they have a whole other scheme. So this is all also part of the chess mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that you have to use the tools for evil, but you definitely need to know what things are possible. You need to be able to fathom and understand how somebody else thinks. Not necessarily that you have to think this way, but you have to realize how other people are thinking and perceiving in order to keep yourself safe.
3: And what that, how that thinking and their perception can, your game, affect your game, um, your next move, um, right. how it can also, you know, just get you caught up. So the, you, Part of
1: being enlightened is recognizing the possibilities recognizing the, the infinite amount of possibilities that there are out there. And when you have a very narrow perspective, if you only have this, you know, perspective of everybody's good, you know, generally, everybody is, you know, loves butterflies and unicorns, <laughs> you're not going to wake up to the reality of many of the systems that have actually been put in place to control us.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Rodney, anything? I know that question.
4: <laughs>
5: I, 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 will, I, I won't uh, spend too much time on this, uh, but but I will say because uh, I know you guys have uh, I know that, you know there's a lot more to discuss, but I will say this: um, I think that uh, being someone who was who was very nice uh, growing up and uh, was taken advantage of and, and pulled and used and abused and everything else. Uh, For the longest time until um, I finally I guess woke up What I will say is that uh, I think that we have to keep uh, A few things in mind Number one You cannot give people anything that you don't have So if you are not All the way together yourself Then you shouldn't be trying to help other people That's number one Mm -hmm. Um, Number two I think that Uh, we also have to recognize that we cannot be people who are afraid to adapt. Meaning, if, if someone is okay with taking advantage of me, then why should I feel bad about saying no to them? Like, we cannot be afraid to, I guess, essentially, you know, take a gun to a gunfight. Like, it, playing the bad part of being the nice girl, being the nice girl it, it, it it's it's appropriate at times but there are there are times when you have to say, you know what? I'm not gonna be mean or mistreat anybody because that's not who I am but at the same time I can't walk away. And I'm say it. Right. Even if uh, Right, you're breaking up Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. I'm gonna make sure. Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, and the last thing I'll say is this, um, even in the Bible, it it never said let people use you. It said pray for those who use you. Or, you know, so we have to we have to become responsible and accountable. For what we, for what energy comes from us, and what energy we allow into our life, because ultimately, we are the ones responsible for those things.
1: I'm glad you brought up the point about the Bible, because a lot of people um, that are predatory in their natures use things like that against those that would, you know, begin to feel bad about a thing. You know, they'll they, they will. They have no remorse. A lot of these people are complete psychopaths in that they will use every element that you hold dear against you. So they will say, you know, you know, God's looking out for me, and turn around and, and do you any kind of way using the same things that you hold dear. So I'm very mm-hmm. glad that you brought that point up, and people should be very aware of that. And that's, like I said, you have to be aware of what the enemy is capable of. And, or at least understand it as a possibility.
3: Okay. Well, Florian, I know you had uh the generality of energy. Do you want to tackle that first or what do you want to start? We talked about the chest.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Where do you want to uh hey hey Ryan are you gonna stick around with us till the through the end? 'Cause we wanted to oh, talk yeah, a little bit about what we need. Okay, we wanted to talk about a little bit what's going on in this world, but so I wanted to make sure you were going to be around for that. If not, we could have thrown it in, you know, before. But um, oh we, no, so you, you know, I got a couple
5: <laughs> of things to say, so I'm going to stick around for that. Okay,
3: okay, I wanted to make sure because we could have threw it on in now if you needed to go. But good, okay.
1: Um, I guess with the generality of energy, um, we can basically recap on the nature of positive and negative as I discussed in the last show, and how important and how relevant it is to understand positive and negative in terms of physics, not in terms of people's own definition or how they use it, especially as a misnomer, okay? So understanding that negative does not equate to bad and positive does not equate to good is important for, like I said earlier too, that honesty, that ability to to clearly define things that you're looking at Okay, so, again, what a negative force is with relationship to energy, a negative force is a receiving force. Magnetism is this receiving force, okay? Positive force is movement.
4: Movement is positive.
1: Negative is something that is still in solid, solidarity, the receiving.
3: Um, so negative is, say that, say that one more time. So negative, ne-
1: ne- negative energy, what negative energy is, is something that receives, something that is still, something that is solid, and something that receives.
4: Okay.
1: So like when they say you need to ground out your, your battery on your car, that wire connects to the entire, it, the wall of the engine, mm-hmm. the, the wall of the, your car.
4: Mm-hmm. It
1: connects to the frame of your car. That's something that sits still. It's, it's not moving, okay? okay? It is a solid surface. It is just something that is, that is distributing energy over a large surface, like the earth, okay? So, like, again, like we talked about last time in defining the difference between positive and negative, the earth is negative. The clouds and the wind in the sky is positive.
3: Okay. The, earth, the earth
1: is stationary and still and receiving. The clouds are free-flowing and moving. They're positive.
3: Okay. Okay. So just just from, from my understanding, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take it back to when we were having a conversation. Um, I guess it was after. No, it was after the chess game. And Stella talked about her her desire to be how she is uh, kind of refilled when she's alone, mm-hmm. and when she's around people, it seems to draw. Draw her energy energy out. And
1: see, when we were talking about those things, we we ended up getting into discussing negative and positive ions because I wanted you to see the the health benefits come from negative ions, in fact, not positive ions. Positive ions, which are cations, are those things that cause cancer and and several other things. They are free radicals, whereas negative ions are those things that give life, those things that give your, your body the, the health that it needs in order to rejuvenate and things like that.
3: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: I'm happy to do something. Like um, the other thing I was telling you about with your, if, if you got an air purifier out there, everybody, um, and it is an ionic purifier, what it is doing is emitting negative ions. So here again we have a case where something that is negative is actually good for you, not bad. You can research this all day long, just type in health benefits of negative ions, and you will see that those things oh this is this is how we also were gonna get into the four elements. Okay. Because remember the last time we talked about it, you said that you, you felt so good being at Shelby Farms and being around the water and being around this. Well, motion of moving water and all of those things produces negative ions. So that's why you feel so good out in nature because nature is abundant with negative ions.
3: Is there something connected to okay? Because this this part of my life where I feel more at home um, when when I'm at Shelby Farm mm-hmm. is getting worse. Like I could literally, I'm finding myself wanting to get locked out up there. in there, you right? want to camp, camp out
4: and
1: all that kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I've been what I've been saying about these paradigms and things that we're attached to um, in the city. We are subjected to all forms of uh, Wi-Fi, um, you know, chemical pollution, and all of these things contain positive ions. So, ironically, what we think of as good <laughs> and being positive is not necessarily the case. Okay, like I said, positivity is actually chaos. Positive energy is chaos. It is movement. It is dynamic movement or explosion, you can look at an explosion as positive, okay? okay? That thing that is sitting still, that thing that is receiving, is negative. Look at it this way. Take, take gladiators. Imagine in your mind Roman gladiators. Imagine a guy is swinging his sword, mm-hmm. okay? Oh, this is a perfect example. Okay. Anybody that, that follows the Marvel movies, you would have seen Captain America versus uh, Thor, okay? Mm-hmm. Captain America uh, held up his shield, and Thor slammed down on the shield with his hammer. That was the very example of what I'm meaning in combining positive and negative forces. Because when that happened, there was this huge explosion, and all the trees and everything fell over in the movie. That's exactly what that, was, that scene was accentuating, pure negative versus pure positive force. Okay. So, so the, in Gladiators, a person swinging his sword is positive. The person holding up his shield to protect himself is negative.
3: Okay, so that person that walks in the room and you think that you feel this negative energy,
1: you feel a bad energy.
3: Okay, okay. Let's all say right.
1: you feel a bad energy. You with me,
3: Rodney?
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up with all of it.
4: <laughs>
3: I told, I told um, Torian early. I feel like I'm I'm at a college seminar and he's the
5: professor. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Spell that word. Yeah, I think I get what he's saying, though, but, it, 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 you know, this is, this is all new to me, so I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> the, the typical understanding is that negative means bad and positive means good, but that is just simply not the case. And when you want to expand your mind, you have to start to examine and explore and understand things much more clearly for what they are, not misinterpretations.
4: Okay. And
1: the English language is full of misinterpretation.
4: Sorry, I'm so going to gonna gonna add
5: question. this. Sir? I was just going to say uh, just another example, and I don't know if you talked about this in, in part one, but I guess if you think about it, too, uh, uh, if you multiply or divide two negatives, you get a positive.
1: You get a positive. yeah, And that's very much math, mathematical principle. Yes, sir. Negative that negates negative is positive.
4: Oh, that Sorry, no,
1: no, no, that, that's not <laughs> teaching me. I, I had to put that one out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very much the case. And it's, that goes into physics, the physics aspect and, and overall creation. And see, once you start to understand these principles, you start to understand more about the creation myths. You understand more about philosophy. You understand more about the encoding of these uh, biblical texts and these uh, other sacred texts that have been created.
3: And and I can't say enough about, for those of you who are listening, you're really in this process of transformation change or, or creating your energy or understanding it. Take some time to, especially if you're here in Memphis, go to Shelby farm or whatever park and just uh, walk. And this is going to sound crazy. Allow yourself to listen to nature, the the wind and see it as well. Like seeing the trees move um, without seeing what's moving it has become so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like I look at that and I feel like someone has given me a thousand dollars like that. Just amazing. And me. I'm
4: glad
1: you brought that up because see, that brings us into uh, the four elements. Um, Anybody that wants to get deep into understanding energy, meditation and all of these things needs to understand these philosophies. Uh, the four elements, I'm sure you've heard of this. you've probably seen you know countless TV shows that illustrated the same thing like Captain Planet and all of that. They're talking about this very thing. These come from very ancient teachings. Fire and water are the four elements. These four elements basically represent for supernal or for, how can I put it? These things are the, the things that govern the existence of our reality and create everything else. When you understand philosophically what fire is, philosophically what earth is, what air is and what water is, that only goes to benefit your development of your mind, okay? How can we understand what fire, earth, air, and water is? Simply by observing them. The reason um, that they were given these names and brought in to be a part of these um, supernal forces is because they have the same effect on the mind through symbolism. When you look at them, when you look and observe what fire does, when you look and you observe what earth does, when you observe air, when you observe water, how water can take the shape of anything, Bruce Lee says, be water, my friend.
4: Okay? Mm. Air
1: is very dynamic. Air is, air is the chaos that we discuss. Air, air just, when you look at air molecules, they just bounce around infinitely forever. They have absolutely no tangibility. Earth is the opposite of air. It has very much tangibility. You can reach down and pick, pick up earth. Earth does not move, whereas air moves everywhere. So these things are opposites. Fire is the opposite of water. And that is exactly how these things are arranged. When you, when you do your research, you'll see that they're arranged in such a way that fire is opposite water it airs opposite earth.
4: Hmm.
5: Okay. Okay. well
1: so these uh four elements are very important.
4: Okay.
5: Uh I think <laughs> this is this, this is all just uh just just by blow to me. I I've never I've never thought about these things in in this way and I've never uh I've never heard about them in, in this way but but it all makes sense. Um and, and I guess I don't know. One of the things that that uh, that, that comes to mind is just when uh, uh, my former pastor used to say that, you know, what you can see is not real, uh, but what you can't see is, is the thing that is real. And, and so when you talk about, you know, the air and, uh, you know, what's there uh, versus what you can actually see, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just mind-blowing to me.
4: I would
1: like, if you would, um, do a recap on the first show because I discussed what's called the collective consciousness. And um, I talked okay. about the realm of tangibility where our, thought, uh, our thoughts are all a part of a realm that has not yet become manifest. And that is a part of creation, is everything takes place in the great mind, the all mind. And how eventually, just like precipitation I mean, all of this stuff bounces back and forth with, with analogy. Just like water precipitates from into clouds, the same is with how our ideas manifest themselves into reality. They come mm-hmm. from an intangible world of air, condense into water, solidify, and drip down to earth.
3: Mm-hmm. So earth is speaking to us all
1: the time. It's always speaking. It is, it is where we're from. Mm-hmm. We are creating paradigms that basically attack where we come from.
3: So does that mean something? Can you tell me that that's some significance to me desiring to, uh... to be
1: part of the earth again? It's okay. mm-hmm. so uh, no, not and, crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> and like what I was just saying about about the analogy about how our ideas come from the intangible world, condense into water, drip down to earth to become tangible and real, what happens when you burn something? What happens when people are cremated? It dissolves. It disappears again back to the intangible. And guess what? The cycle starts back over again because from the nothing, it condenses again. It falls back down to the earth again. You see, so this is how all of these (laughs) <laughs> how you look at me? This is this is how all of this stuff works, and how relevant it is for you to learn this on a philosophical level.
3: Okay, this is gonna sound crazy. Y'all gonna say, "Trent, Rodney, I have not lost my mind." But I gotta say this. I was gonna keep this, but I'm gonna say it.
5: No, please explain. Okay,
3: Rodney, are you with me?
5: I'll, I'm with you.
3: Okay. All right. So I'm I'm gonna give you two things, and they they're gonna sound crazy, but that doesn't mean that I'm crazy. Okay, while at Shelby Farm, um, this particular day, I was really into nature, just like I was so in there I wanted to get lost in there. And so I'm walking, and I decided to take um, one of the little trails uh, off the course, kind of, and the trees this particular day, they were just, they were blowing. It was hot, but they were just, it was as if the movement was over the top. And I remember looking at these trees thinking, I wonder, you know, there's so much movement in life because it started somewhere. If these trees are able to look at us and, as humans and say, they are really crazy, like, because mm-hmm. I'm starting to look outside of my world and think what I don't fit in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm starting to feel so at home to the point where anybody who knows me, never in my life would I have ever thought that I would want to be lost at Shelby Barn. Mm-hmm. Like, just let me stay here for a night. I'll be Okay because that, has bought, that brings peace. But I remember looking at all of, especially the trees, just the movement. The, it was as if there was language, that there was, um, there was something happening. There was mm-hmm. some communication going back and forth. I cannot tell you what that is, but there was such a connection to the movement of those trees and just knowing that there is something moving these trees that I cannot see, Mm -hmm. that we call wind. Uh And it it was just crazy. And then the second thing is, and you can help me kind of make some sense of these. I've been cleaning, um, trying to declutter clothes with with my clothes. I, I just have far too many clothes. And so I had clothes out in my garage that I had not worn or looked at probably in 30 years. That I was going to take to the cleaners last year and I was going to take to the cleaners the year before and the year before that. So as I'm going through them, and you know how they say you get dust mites? Uh-huh. Like the little, just a little fine, and I only saw one. Just a little finest white clear dust mites. Uh-huh. And I looked at it, and like how does this, that's energy. That's, that's life that was created from something. Like, where is your mom and daddy? It's like that, that
4: sounds, but
1: like... <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have that wonder. Um, that wonder connects you to the empathy that you need that connects you to everything else in the world. And, you know, how we talk about the collective conscious and we talk about psychic ability and all of these things, it first comes from the connection with that empathy. So when you have a very strong empathic connection to the to the world, you get that extrasensory perception to understand how the world is communicating to you, how energy is communicating to you, and how you fit into the whole thing.
3: Well, I'm going to share. I, I, you pop, I'm not going to tell you this one, but I'm going to share it on the page for those of you who are listening. And this is basically my, the filming of a dove and the baby dove sitting on my front porch, who is still around. We, we saw them again in the backyard, so they have uh, just kind of taken up our yard. But it's I actually sat and filmed it. The, um, the baby was out there when I left to go that morning, but I did not know, sitting on the bench there. Mm-hmm. But when I walked out, this mother, I'm assuming Mother Dove, went crazy, just like I thought, what did I do to you? Because it just went just like saying, get out of my yard or get from around my baby, but I didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's what that feeling is about. And I actually talked through it, but just to see what happened and how it transpired between this parent and this baby stuff was amazing. So I'm going to post it out there, so I won't waste the show's time with telling you guys that, but I'm going to put it on the page.
1: That's another um, thing that, unfortunately, people have this shallow perception that we are the only things that are intelligent on the planet. Um, everything has an innate nature for uh, creating life and wanting to live. And
3: And protecting that life that it created.
1: Right. And, um, you know, we unfortunately think very highly of ourselves at times and and forget that or just don't assume that anything else has any sort of uh, relative emotion or feeling. Uh, especially on the way that we think that we feel and we perceive things.
3: Right, and that's kind of what I saw happening. Like, I saw this this parent stuff as a parent, like, sitting patiently with and protecting. Because, like I said, when I walked out of my house, this, this bird just went crazy. But at that time, I didn't know why mm-hmm. until I came back and saw, oh, wow, I interrupted something here. And it's as if once they realized, okay, they're okay, they weren't even moved by us. They 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 just like okay, this is good. We're safe here, mm-hmm. and we saw the baby just roaming around alone today, and so it was just amazing to see. So I think we can learn so much about ourselves um, from energy, and how, why not? Because that's where it all begins. So.
5: Right.
1: I think um, this is what we're right. discussing. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, you you go ahead, sir. I couldn't hear you.
5: Oh, I apologize. Can you guys hear me good now? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if this is going to come off as a question, a question or a comment, but, but uh, I've never been able to figure this out, um, and so maybe Tori, you can you can shed some light on this for us. Uh, are you are you into sports at all, Tori? I know I know Tammy isn't.
1: I I have um. Engaged in sports, but not so much as a spectator.
4: I, um, okay. A lot of
1: people that know me know that I, I, I'm a martial artist. I fought and things like that. I'm pretty athletic, but I don't, I don't so much uh,
5: watch sports. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, so whenever you think about about sports, and and, and I don't get into too many sports, but uh, football and basketball, you know, are my favorite, and 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 I've coached basketball. Uh, for several years, and one of the things that, that you notice, whether you're coaching, playing, or uh, watching it on TV, sometimes a team uh, gains momentum, um, and it just seems like there's nothing that you can do to stop it. Uh, sometimes, uh, especially in basketball, teams go on what is called a run, and you know, and it's like where they'll score. Ten points without the other team scoring any, and it seems like you know while that is while that is happening, like you know they hit the first shot and then they hit another, and the other team can't seem to hit anything uh but then you know uh this particular team they can just keep going and going and going, so it seems like there's nothing that the other team can do to stop it, no matter no matter how well they're playing defense or whatever. But they just can't stop it. But strangely, I would say, from my experience, at least 90% of the time, if the team who is getting beat, or you know, the 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 uh, the run is being made on them, if they call timeout for whatever reason, it will stop that run when they come out of the timeout. Interrupt
1: that flow of that flow of energy.
3: Oh wow.
4: Okay. Mhm.
3: Okay, so equate that to life. Um, how can equate that to life? Like,
1: well, he, what, he's bas- what he's talking about really is a culmination. Um, it's just like putting your hand in a bucket and, and churning the water.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. At,
1: the more you churn that water, the easier it becomes to churn it. Okay. You, you put a cycle into motion that becomes more self-sustaining. And stopping that flow of motion is no different than taking your hand from when you were turning it around to just putting it flat in the bucket. So now all the water is just going to run off that restriction coming from your arm. You, the, the team has gotten collectively in sync with whatever they practice. They're, everybody's feeling themselves. Everybody's feeling their confidence <laughs> at a point, and they're happy. They're also happy because they're winning. So all of that elevated energy, that heightened like you get heightened senses when you're you're doing sports that, you know, tap into your adrenaline, which end up making you uh, have better reflexes and all of these things. So all of this stuff is actually working to your benefit while the other team is feeling a, a bit of depression or a lack of confidence. So this is something else that confidence does for you is put you in this heightened state of awareness. Okay. You get into a heightened state of awareness, which has your, your synapses firing faster. It has um, your your coordination, your reflexes. All of these things are working to your benefit when you have a heightened sense of confidence and a flow.
3: So, like, for life – oh, Rodney, I mean, thank you for asking that question. Cause That's I think what I people just call a second wind.
1: People call a second wind. <laughs> <laughs> it's not – I mean, what is a second wind? Like, where, where was the first wind? No, what a second wind is – is your body is, is now pumping in sync. Like, you, like say you, you, you decide you want to, to jog, just start jogging, okay? Mm-hmm. At first, as you're jogging, your body's going to ache a little bit. It's like,
4: oh, goodness
1: gracious. But then once everything gets, your blood gets to flowing, those, those muscles repeat that pattern, then you get everything working together, and that's what people are calling the second wind. Everything starts to work in unison and in synchronicity.
3: Okay, so let me say this. Okay, so for for example, let's say that a person has just really been working the the process of change and transformation, and they've been doing really really well. And for the just to keep it targeted towards the show, let's say you had this goal of of saving. I think we said five hundred dollars, yeah, and you've part. been doing really really well, and you're almost there, and your so your motion is going, but you get that call, and someone says, and we'll use a bigger example, um, you know, hey, take this trip with me, go out of town with me. You get a speeding ticket. and you <laughs> <laughs> Something that is just completely beyond yeah, your control, yeah, it throws a monkey wrench, right, a monkey wrench in the plan. Maybe you got you your, your car, and it stops on you, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you've used your $500, you're, you're totally off your goal, and so much more. But And when I said, you know, equate it to life, I wanted to just – Maybe give another example so people can say, because so often we stay in the routine and it's a positive, it's a good, not positive, it's a good routine. We are making some progression. And then something happens or we we go back to a place or we, we decide to do this thing that interrupts life. And then I think what we do is stay up on the top of that hill and that potential because some we get out of the. The, the, um, what is it here? We lose the sustain. What what is it here? The strength no, right. and vitality required for sustained physical or mental activity. Mm-hmm. So we lose. Right. We lose that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
1: Our uh, slow stops. is just like it's no different than like you said, riding a bike. Once you once you jump on the bike, those first few pedal pushes are really heavy, but once the the momentum gets going, it's easier. When you stop, you got to say say a car pulls out in front of you, or you just have to stop at a traffic light. Guess what you got to do again? Those same hard pushes to start back off again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Same difference. Okay. All
3: right. I got it. That helped me. If it didn't help anybody else, I got it. I got something
1: out
3: of that. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about like language, it. um, because this this was something that I, I mentioned. Um, as a, another extra credit <laughs> activity for, for the first show, was um, endeavoring to investigate other languages, especially those that are based on symbolism. Now, how the symbolism um, in language gives way to energy is just the same way as I just discussed with the base, with the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water. By understanding these symbols, you get a sense of understanding the character associated with these things, because these are directly observable by you in nature. Everybody knows what fire is. Okay? This, is a, this is a universal symbol in itself, fire. Everybody knows the effects of fire. Everybody knows what fire does. Now, when it comes to language, English language and Latin derivative language, um, they are all based on association. So if I tell you an apple is an apple, it's only an apple because I said so, because I said that this word means this thing right here. Mm -hmm. This thing is a cup because I said that this is a cup. That's how people are taught. When you're a kid, your, your parent writes down on the cue card, cook, and associates that with that object, refrigerator, dog, you know, all of these things are just what they are by association, okay? okay? There's nothing deeper about the language than that. It's got letters that are combined together that form a word through various combinations, okay? Now, when you get into symbolic languages, say, for example, Kanji and Chinese, or I brought up Hebrew, which is very, very important, um, you get a symbol depiction of what it is that you're trying to communicate. What this does is it takes away the necessity for association. So you become able to speak the language without being able to pronounce it. You don't have to know how to pronounce it because you understand what it is because it's showing you a picture of what it is.
3: The letters within that. Okay. Like
1: a char- say, for example, a character
3: uh-huh.
1: uh, in Chinese, uh, like the character for bird or horse, in particular, it looks like a horse. It has a horse's mane. It has four legs. Okay. So it, it is whatever it is it is trying to tell you. It doesn't have to be anything else. It doesn't have to be learned by association. Just like hieroglyphs. You can see that it's, okay, this is a bird. This is a bushel of hay. So these symbols speak directly to your subconscious, Without having to create an association?
3: Hmm. So if the symbols speak to our subconscious, are you saying possibly the, the words also speak to our subconscious that we use even if we right. They
1: do they do. They, you, can, you form opinions based on the associations of words, and, and in particular, how those words are used. Okay. This is very important in marketing. But just from a, a standpoint of expanding your mind, we are, we are given a whole lot of clutter because our language is full of words that are based on nothing but association. There's a phrase, there's a, a, a quote actually by Shakespeare that says, A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. This is mm. trying to teach you to get into the true essence of what it is that you're observing. Deny the name that it's given and observe it for what it is. This gets people out of the mindset of looking at things with prejudice.
3: Say that one more time.
1: A rose, by any other name, would smell as sweet. So no matter what somebody calls it, it's still what it is. But, see, we get caught up when we name things, just like the whole the nature of positive and negative. It's just like that. People have been calling things that they associate with good, positive, and things they associate with bad, negative, when that's not the case. When you learn the thing for what it is, there's no need for a name. There's no, there's no way of getting it confused or saying something that you don't mean.
3: Boy, can we equate that to life when people show you who they are
1: Right who they are. You, you take away all your, your preconceptions about what they are. Okay. And you I know think we that. misjudge people, the that we do that a lot of the time. You know we underestimate people and all of that. But this, a lot of this stems from our very language system itself. This this um, unproductive way of thinking stems from our actual language system.
3: Wow. And, and Corey, I had mentioned I last, if everybody
5: understood what you're saying right now, I think that we would live in a much different society. And we have. That's the thing
1: about it. We have in the past. The the if the other thing I would like for people to observe is how we've constantly been at war with individuals that have these different language systems. Native Americans,
5: the mm-hmm.
1: Japanese, Chinese. We've been at war with all of these people that have the different mindset from different language systems.
4: hmm
3: well, could that be because now, now, now? I don't know how how we're doing because it seems so. Well, let,
1: let's let's talk about the conquistadors. When you look at how.
3: Cono.
4: Oh, the Mexicans. the Mexicans. <laughs> I know he's gotta with this word.
1: <laughs> Spain went on their conquest of the world, basically. Um, they annihilated <laughs> many of the peoples that had language systems, as I'm describing to you now, that give more rise to truth and replace their language system with Latin.
3: Okay. Okay. I was going to say, um, and Rodney, jump in now. Um, Is I don't know about now because it seems that many of the cultures are intertwining to the point where um, – Everybody is almost... Universal? Yeah, kind of like the, the things that you used to see one, um, well, I'll say one particular race not doing, because cause back in the day, it just seems, seemed like, and I'm not being prejudiced here, you guys, but Chinese people lived a, had a different way of living, um, and I see now, or I've heard here lately that that a great majority of attorneys are having the surgery on their eyes to fit in more here in America. They're, and they're being that.
4: westernized. Right.
1: Well, if you look at the, the same as the movie The Last Samurai, these cultures are being westernized.
4: Mm-hmm. And I
1: talked a great deal about westernization in the last show about the left brain thinking and this, that, and the other.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It is a colonization of the mind
3: mm-hmm.
1: is what it is. So it's a taking away of everything that is natural and replacing it with a artificial system.
3: An artificial system. All right, Ryan I know you got something. Come on. <laughs> I I
4: I think that um, I think that
5: we live uh that that we're living in a in a world where we don't understand the world around us. We don't understand the meaning behind um behind the things around us and And because of that, because of our ignorance, I think that it 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 has led to the downfall of so many people, so many groups, so many organizations
3: uh, and, and going, back right. to
5: what, going back to what victoria had, had, had just said about about the rose that it doesn't matter what you call it, it's not going to change the smell. I think that uh miscommunication. Happens a lot of times because we don't want to acknowledge that we're saying the same things or believing the same things because you're using different words than I am or I'm putting it in a different way than you are um, instead of recognizing that we're actually on the same page. Um, and and right. I don't want to get into this. I, I don't want to get into this topic too soon. Um, I'll I'll let you guys kind of you know lead the way, but. Even if you think about um, what's going on in the world today, there there are a lot of uh, confused people, and and let me just say this: a lot of I, I've seen a lot of ignorance uh, over the last week and over the past few years. I've seen it like I've never seen it before. And what the average person doesn't understand, and black people too, is that we are all in the same boat. Uh, we are all one uh, one accident away from being homeless. We are all uh, one step away from being a hashtag. We are all, like, in the same boat. Like, you, you have the top one-tenth percent of this country in one boat, and the rest of us, regardless of whether you make $40,000 a year, $20,000 a year, or $2 million a year, we're all in the same boat. To the wealthiest people in the country, we all look the same.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I agree 100%. I know, and I know exactly what you mean, um, the differences in the understanding uh, via communication. But it still it still stems, though, from individuals wanting to please their own ego. Uh, it stems from individuals not being quite honest. It, it still comes. It still comes from that. People that don't necessarily want to be honest with themselves and unbiased. Because when you have unbiased, you can look at any situation and observe what's good about it and what's bad about it. You can understand the philosophy, the morality in it all, the ethics.
3: Which which keeps you from being so. Um, because people, I'm, I'm noticing people are just literally about to go to war because. And and because you say one thing, and I guess we're going to probably go into this in a minute here, but you say you have a different of opinion. It doesn't mean that you don't support the overall meeting, but because your approach to it would be different, they are so egotistic, so self-centered until unless you see this my way and want to um, resolve the issue in the way that I think it should be resolved, then I want nothing to do with you. And whereas I sit back, I'm I'm just as afraid for Brandon, Rodney, you, as I am the young guys who have been killed. And as a mother, I have always had that fear. Like I fear cops taking Brandon's life more so than him being taken in another way. However, That does not make me hate cops. That does not make me think that all cops are bad. That does not make me want to go out on a bridge and stop traffic. And the guy you posted about today said it best. If Black Lives Matter, he didn't say hell, but why the hell are you out on a bridge?
4: Right.
3: If your life matters, why are you putting your mother? Because I can only imagine if Brandon would have been out there last night. I would have been that mama who shows up to get her 28-year-old son. Like, he just got embarrassed and <laughs> dared him to do anything other than follow me. Mm-hmm. I would have been that mom. But,
4: <laughs> I mean,
3: so, like, we we are we have gotten so far away from, from ourselves and for, from nature and from who we are. And like you said, Rodney, well, I, mean, um, I heard Country Wayne say, I don't know if y'all follow him, he said, I'm going to tell you why people, if you think this is a race issue, you better wake up because you're in the boat with us. Because if you if you're not in in a certain bracket financially, don't no care what color you are, you're right here with us.
1: The the sad thing that people don't really understand, like I said, because of their egos, they that ego is also what is separating them into their the class that they uh, perceive themselves to be. Now I want you all out there that's listening to research Henry Kissinger. Um, Henry Kissinger is basically a globalist. He is somebody that has always advised the presidencies. He goes on these uh, very strange missions to these foreign countries and deals with people um, that are in foreign governments and whatnot. And one of his own quotations talks about the manipulation and using of military peoples, basically as beasts, as animals, okay? Because these people are so eager to exude violence, he says that they should be treated as animals for that very reason. So a lot of these people that are in these positions, just like you said, we're in the same boat. A lot of these people that are um, these gung-ho cops and these gung-ho soldiers that just want to go kill um Uh, I don't want to say what some of the terms that they say overseas and and, in the Middle East and all of that kind of thing. Because of their bestial natures, they are being used and thought of as expendable by the controllers. And that's what they don't even understand themselves. They've been sold on this idea that what they're doing is patriotic. It is brave and all these other things, but because they can't be honest enough with themselves to see what they are doing, they fall for it. It pleases their egos. It, they, they get benefits that are promised to them. They're going to get their college paid for. They're going to have a great career once they retire from the military. So that justifies for them the actions that they are taking. That justifies and, and appeases their egos for them to do the things that they do in the name of an idea that does not exist.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, Theron, mm-hmm. you talked about how you could feel there is such a difference in, in last, part one's energy
4: mm-hmm.
3: and tonight's. I mean, when Tori, and, I, I was telling Tori and Rodney earlier that I I almost just wanted to not do the show tonight. I almost just said, you know what, I just don't have what it takes. I can't, I don't have anything to give. Like, after, I, Rodney, I don't know if you saw what was going on here today um, and last night, but um, what happened today was just it was a bit much we they had the meeting after the bridge meeting, so to speak, and torian didn't watch it but but i did and it was it was a disappointment um in so many ways it really it really angered me and it 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 made me sit back and really think even the more why you know why 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 go and do a show about energy why why come on another monday night <laughs> for my people i'll just be clear I'm going <laughs> to say it
1: i think the the ones like i said again like i said in the last show the ones that are here are reaching out to receive and those are the ones that we need to cater to the most because they are willing to accept the information that we have Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked very hard for the information that I have. I've spent, you know, an uncalculable amount of energy and facing ridicule for the things that I've learned in order to be able to share that with individuals that also want to come up and share it with others so that we can all eventually come up and reach a level of empathy
4: mm-hmm. for each
1: other and ultimate gain, you know, I mean... I, a lot of the stuff that I'm, that I'm sharing with people and that I want to share and that I share with people on the individual level is so that we can, we can come up. If that, you know, however we, we deem what coming up is, you know, what's good for us and all of that, um, reaching a state of, of awareness and understanding that can improve our lives, being empowered, so mm-hmm. to speak, is mm-hmm. what I have to share with people. Mm-hmm. But if they're not willing to accept it, and they want to stay stuck in their own little realms that does nothing but have them running in circles, there's nothing I can really do about that
3: right. until they break
1: out and accept something new. And it's
3: a control circle that w- they don't realize that it's they're so being control. It's so easy controlled. to control people right. based on emotion. Why me? How, how long do y'all think, and maybe let's take each of us take, take a few minutes and just kind of share what we think about this, but how long do you all think this this time that it's going to last. How long do you think this time? How long will this protesting and this um, what would you call it? How, how long do you think this is going to go before we hear nothing else again about any of this, as with Trayvon and everybody else? Rodney,
5: you want to go first? Uh sure, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I won't give it a specific day, but I will say uh, I do believe it'll it'll die down or die completely out by the end of this week. So uh, I'll say I'll say by next week, Tammy, we we either won't be hearing anything or we won't be hearing that much.
3: Okay.
1: You go ahead.
3: I give it two weeks max, and I'm being gracious.
1: I'm going to have a little bit different of an opinion about it because I see things um, as a continual. And this is the way that I would advise people to begin to examine and understand things in nature that it is all continuous and all interconnected. So by what I just said, let's break down this and show you how this thing kind of came to be what it is. Jesse Williams had a rant on the BET Awards, not saying that anything that he said was not justifiable. He spoke of social ills with regards to minorities and the disenfranchised. However, that was at the end of June. We had Fourth of July immediately follow after that. Right after the 4th of July, we had these supposed shootings.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: So this was the initiator for this set or this series of events that have just most recently taken place. What's being excluded, though, because this seems to be an isolated event, is what's going on in our financial market and what's going on with the electoral process, which are all relevant to right now. Just like pieces on the chessboard. This is your knight. This is your bishop. This is your rook. These things all serve a particular function and purpose in society Mm. for the overall goal. Mm. These are just pieces for the goal. Okay? What's going on with creating a race war is one piece. What's going on with, our dollar losing value in relationship to purchasing power of goods is another piece mm-hmm. what is the goal the goal is to implement more laws to europeanize the united states
4: mm-hmm.
1: so this one thing is merely only one aspect and as such it cannot it does not need to get all of the attention that it is getting because it is like i said only one aspect in the distraction. So when we played chess the other day, I stuck my night out there, and you thought it was going to be an easy take. You thought that was going to be an easy piece for you to eat with your pawn. That is much the same way as this is. This is an easy distraction to give people to feed on, to waste, and, and expend their energy on when there's so many more things that they need to be preparing themselves for and getting, getting their, themselves in line with or what's coming next. But as it is, because there's so much energy being put into this, they're going to be behind for the successive Mm -hmm. issues that come up next. Have to start looking at things from a totality of the whole and how everything is interconnected. Everything is interconnected.
3: You know, Rodney, you you and I and Mary had a brief conversation, and I know Torian took it to another level, to the point where I couldn't even, I just couldn't even respond. But initially, I I just don't know what to believe out of this. Um, I'm on this little guy's page right now because I I remember seeing his post about all this. Something's not right. This is propaganda. The word, you know, and all that. And I I said to him that whether it happens or not, let's say that it, if it, if it did happen in my opinion and i'm talking about the um louisiana <clears throat> shooting because at that time we we didn't know about the minnesota that's one that's the
4: alternative yeah. mm-hmm.
3: um for someone to see to see what i thought with with my eyes this video that is out there i thought for someone a police officer or anyone but especially a police officer to do this in the manner that it was Done has to be in order. Like this is what if if this happens, then you somehow you must have been told to do this or something. Because I can't see anybody being this ignorant. Because if what I saw is real, then I saw someone assassinated, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. by someone who was hired to protect and serve. Again, that doesn't mean that I personally feel the need to go out and 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 make this right on a bridge or take that but if that's your thing then then do that. But but it's it's time for something different. I would say if we have a move that we're wanting to make and it needs to be decided in private. Can 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 we sit down and make some some changes. Can we come up with some things that need to be Let's, what do, what are we looking for? And I made this statement to Rodney, my opinion, that the majority of people that look like me are so convinced with convincing white America, white the white man, oh, that quote. right, that I matter, that black lives matter. Well, why would you think you can do that? And if, and if we're at 2016, if we still have, have a need or feel the need that we have to convince you that we matter.
1: And you know what I've been thinking about? History. Look at I am a man. The I am a man posters. The, the the tons of people that were standing out holding I am a man. <laughs> so, you mean to tell me that in 2016 things are going to be better than the situation with I'm a man if you're still having to say the same thing almost, what, 50 years later?
3: Right, right, right. And, and, and that's the part I, I really wanted to add. So I, I was hoping that you, did, that you put that in your, your, your um, post, but I didn't see anything. But I just really would like to, why is, why is it so important that we as black people convince any other race that we matter?
1: I'm going to tell you that it's been uh, promoted as such, um, the same way that we have Black History Month, the same way that we have black entertainment television. These things, although when you think about them, yeah, that's a good idea. No, not really. Um, because if it is always looked at as an obscurity, as a privilege, then it's never going to get the it's never going to command the respect of something that is mainstream. Oh, oh, here we go again. It's Black History Month. It's that that thing for them. It should be an integral part of everything. Why is it constantly keeping it separate and supporting the system that keeps it separate is part of the problem?
3: But, Torian, if I, I would be the first to raise my hand and say I would I – would, go take a African American studies class or what learn to, and and teach kids every weekend if the people would just show up. Right. So we got so, so where does the responsibility lie because in the if it's not there it's in the
1: individual. then
3: what are we doing if if black lives matter so much especially our children then what are we doing to not westernize them or to keep them enslaved in their minds? What are we going to say? Okay, you may not offer it here, but we're gonna we're gonna support this over here. We're gonna take our kids here. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. What? When do we take responsibility?
5: Uh, Tammy and Tori, and this is Rodney. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump back in here. Um, I've said this before um, on, on the show, and I think it's very fitting. Uh, for this conversation, and that is you cannot defeat an enemy that you support. So the same person or the same people that we claim that we are mad at, as long as we continue to support them, we'll never be able to take them down. And that means they, they they really could care less about people standing on the bridge. They really could care less about people shutting down highways. Yes, the police will go out there because, you know, it's in their job description. But you really aren't doing anything. In fact, if you have a problem with police officers, why are you giving them a reason to put more money in their pockets? Because I'm sure it is well past the shift when they're standing out on the bridge and they've been out there for 20 hours. But guess what? That's overtime for them. If you're mad at them, why are you continuously putting money in their pockets and money that is coming from you because you are a taxpayer? On top of that, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. Now,
1: um, what I was just going to say is that, um, you know, I, I I wasn't quite so nice in a post that I made on my personal page. I, I mean, I talk really crazy. Uh, <laughs> when I'm getting the point across, just simply because that's that's who I am. But I brought up the, the exact same things as you're saying, and I made, um, I kind of made relevant the fact that you know all of this stuff went on yesterday on the bridge and this that, and the other, and how it was just a, a complete misuse of resources. That mm-hmm. when when neighborhoods are falling apart, when children are needing guidance. That what what got us what what got us black people into the situation since I'm categorized as black, what got us into this situation to begin with a generational issue. As a misallocation of resources, instead of being on a bridge, you need to be educating yourself so that you can educate the next generation to come. Sitting out on the bridge has absolutely Nothing to do with helping benefit any part of what your so-called struggle is.
3: The very fact that you have to do that says that they don't want you to have that, or don't don't think you worthy of that. And when I say they. I'm not talking about all white people at at, at all. I'm not talking the, about the all system, co- the, the system, the structure, the right. structure
1: that that there is that is in place. Right. And that's unfortunately that's how it's taken sometimes People think okay well you're, you're meeting white folks And I'm not going to listen to nothing you're saying right now Because I feel like I'm being racially attacked It's not that It is a systematic issue So regardless of, of who What color is in charge of doing it The system that is in place That is responsible Because a lot of black people are a part of this system And contribute very much to the corruption of it And the social ills that we face That are black themselves Okay? Yeah. It is a matter though of taking personal responsibility and accountability. Stop following and start learning to become a leader. If everybody is a follower and you only got one leader or two leaders, you're dependent. Every one of these people that's out on the bridge needs to be studying to become a leader. You have nothing to offer anybody but being a body standing in the way. You have nothing else to offer. I'm here, but yet you don't have any skills. You don't know how to build anything. You don't know how to, you know, you don't understand a a lot of the, the points of math. You don't understand proper English. All of these things you need to learn if you're going to try to even compete in the system that you're trying to fight. You can't even read good. You can't even write and express yourself well. How are you going to affect a system that you're trying to get anything
3: out of? It's the same system too that, because because the person will say to you, well, they don't they don't help us, they don't give us what we need to do this. And I'll say I go right back to those who were enslaved, like Frederick Douglass, who said, "You you can have my body, but you will not have my mind." Who 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 well, himself? I mean, his
1: his, his supposedly his uh, slave, slave mother, the mother, taught him how to read, but. From that point on, he was hungry. He had a passion to to learn and competed on the highest levels with the best of them. These resources are far too easy to come by in this technical age that we live in. Like I said in the last uh, episode, you have an abundance of tools at your disposal because of the tech age that tons of people have already set forth before you to learn from them. And there is absolutely no excuse other than laziness, blight, just there's no other reason why individuals can't learn to be and do better.
3: I think we've been sold this poverty mindset, too, whereas that poverty is the blame for so many things. Well, first of all, who defines poverty, and why have we allowed society to say that we are in poverty? Because if you don't have, um, I guess, a 2016 car, if you don't have the finest clothes and you got the, you know, four or five bedroom house that you can't, that you got to work 24-7 to pay for, you know, so first let's define poverty because I think a lot of people, and and I hate to use the word make an excuse, but that's what I'm going to have to say, that I keep hearing, well, poverty is the cause of these things. Well, first of all, define poverty for me. Define it, because some people would say that I'm in poverty because I don't. Have, I decided not to buy the the big house and the you know trade my car in every year or two. Crazy.
1: That a lot of that, again, the word paradigm comes in, where we define levels of success based on this artificial system that has been created. Now, if this artificial system serves others better than it serves ourselves, then we're already at a disadvantage for how we're going to be perceived and how we are going to perceive ourselves in relationship to those that have created this system to begin with. None of us, I don't know anybody that's a a relative of these people that created the Federal Reserve, but that's who's robbing the hell out of us every day. These individuals are making trillions of dollars which is an unfathomable amount of money. People cannot fathom how much a trillion dollars is. But yet these people are making trillions of dollars by comparison to your average person that can't even, don't even know how many zeros is in a trillion. So further, the further and further we get away from nature and wrapped up in this artificial uh system that has been created, the more woes that we have, because the rules are always changing in favor of the people that created the game. And nobody I know created the game. Hmm. Nobody that I've probably ever even met in my life is in control. But they're out there. The evidence is clear that they're out there.
4: The evidence this is, is Rodney. Right I'm going to uh, jump back in here.
5: Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tori.
1: No, I was just saying that the evidence is downtown on 2nd Street. That's where the Federal
5: Reserve is. <laughs> it didn't get there I think, by, I mean, I, it
4: didn't
5: appear. I think that when we gained rights, we lost our minds, and that, that was not supposed to happen. Um, we we were, if you think about the, the, the books that we've read and, and the images that we've seen and, and things that we've learned of, about history, we don't really understand what the struggle is because uh, we have access, as you guys stated a little while ago, we have access that they didn't have 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Um, and so all of these things are, are, are right at our fingertips. Um, and and my wife Tamari and I were were talking tonight at dinner, um, about how we would rather put a pair of two hundred dollars on our uh on our uh pair of two hundred dollars sneakers on our kids' uh feet rather uh, as opposed to sending them on a trip where they can learn about a new culture
4: mm-hmm. or I think
5: or, or see other things. like We'd rather spend the money on, on things that don't matter where they're going to get mm-hmm. no return instead of sending immediate them somewhere, taking that same money and sending them somewhere where they would get an education.
1: Right. Yeah, the immediate gratification is a result of low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a result the feeling that you, you, have, you don't have anything. It's looking, looking at what you have and not being appreciative of what you have, but wanting more. So this is another form of overreach, um, living beyond your means and the like, not really truly having a goal in mind, not truly having a foundation, your foundation being a part of the things that are around you and not yourself, not your family unit because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. You're trying to keep up and impress those things around you, which is just frivolous and pretentious and superficial. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: It has no lasting value whatsoever. Somebody says, man, I like those dudes, or somebody looks at you, wrong, man, they hating, that feels good, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, It felt good to make someone envious uh, for a day, now next month, the new the new color scheme of five dollar Jordans that they're selling for two hundred dollars has come out. Um, now you need to you need to come up with another two hundred dollars for that if you want to stay relevant. Whereas you can be completely under the radar, not concerned what people think, and doing very well for yourself. Hmm. So
3: you said that immediate gratification is is the result of low
1: self-esteem? I think it's a, it's a large contributor uh, to having low self-esteem is, is the desire for those immediate gratification. Because it's, it, it ties in with survival in a way, um, whereas we, we want something, we got to have it now, uh, and we're really willing to risk a great deal, especially our integrity a lot of the time, to achieve or to, to gain these things. But yet again, like I said, the only thing that is ever truly yours in your lifetime is your mind, and that is your most precious investment.
3: Rodney, oh.
5: uh, I I have to agree with that, and I think that if also if we understand that a lot of these things that we that that we give our time and our energy and our money to, if we only understood that those things um, are perishable anyway. Uh, I think that if we we would just understand that then we we would focus our our energy in a completely different direction uh we We can have all of these things um you know and, and i'll use I know you guys aren't big sports people, but I'll use Kevin Durant for an example you know uh, uh, there were people who were okay with the decision that he just made uh as far as leaving his team and going to a different team. Uh, people uh, people were okay with it. People were not okay with it. The same thing with LeBron James six years ago. Um, but these guys were chasing after something, or were and are, chasing after something that to have, uh, you are respected more in in the world of sports if you have a championship ring. But no matter where they keep that ring, eventually... Something is going to happen, whether it be to them, because we all have to go one day, or um, it could be locked up in a building, and then that building could catch on fire. Who knows? But we we, we chase after things that really hold no value. They cost a lot of money, but they have no value or very little value. When you think about what Tori just said, when you think about your mind, when you think about your soul, even if you think about your body, you think about your life your 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 um your body is just so that you can survive here on earth because your spirit uh-huh. and your soul can't just walk around freely and you survive or you know you only have your body so that you can be here because when you leave here um mm-hmm. That's it. That's why your body goes your body goes right back to the earth from where it came. Cuz once you leave this earth,
3: it has no purpose. Very much so. I I I wonder if people even with this show the title um and I'm glad I'm glad I did not say let's wait because I promise you the energy just was gone. But when you think about that energy flows where energy goes. We as a people, black and white, everybody. So let's just take black and white, everybody. We are putting so much energy in in this. And if we would put more energy in learning who we are, accepting that, living that with the responsibility of taking that responsibility to to change Whatever it is, do what it takes to change. Whatever it is about you, that does not flow towards your purpose or your goals or what you're focused on. But I think a lot of what we're seeing from from all sides, regardless of the race, is self-hate, angry, because you do know and feel some responsibility for where your life has ended up. Where you are at this day and time, but it's like Corey says, and I had, I had an opportunity to speak with Corey about about this um, Saturday, I believe it is, because I just wanted to hear his thoughts. But oh, that's what he says. You know, Tammy, it, it's really just pe- how people feel about themselves, and they're they're angry, and it is an excuse. It's someone to blame, and as long as we have in our mind that we have someone to blame then I think in some way you feel that you're not responsible for being the person that makes that change. If not for somebody else, for you. Because I personally don't feel like there is a white or black person in this world other than myself can keep me from doing what I want to do or what I need to do for me other than myself. And I think the, the biggest thing we have to do, even with this topic tonight and what we're talking about what's going on, is take responsibility for where you are and who you are. Where, wherever that is and whoever you are, take responsibility for that solely. Because while, you, while all, of, all of the occurrences may not be on your hand or from your actions, what you did with it and how you took it has led you where you are. And to be who you are. And that was one of the things, one of the hardest things to do is say, I'm responsible. I allowed this. My choices. And I don't think a lot of people are willing to do that. And it's so easy to say, white man, Mr. Mayor, police chief, what are you going to do about this? And I say, what the hell are you doing about it within your own family? And the street that you live on.
1: The the thing about all of this blame and whatnot, um, when you when you blame the government and you blame um, just like what I did, the Federal Reserve, the IRS, there are individuals that give power to this entity because the entity does not exist without people doing its bidding, mm-hmm. and these individuals are the ones that are solely responsible. What goes on mm-hmm. with what they do they don't none of them have to do or have to carry out the orders that are are not congruent with their their moral ethics, yeah. but yet they do it anyway for the gratifications yeah. for the the misleading lies about patriotism, the misleading lies about um, yeah. uh, just about anything that that serves their ego. Mm-hmm. None of these things have to be done. And there is no invisible force in control. It, it only exists because these people give life to it, because of individual choices, because of lack um, of integrity of individuals. Mm-hmm. So as an individual, the more you strengthen yourself to know the truth, like you know, the, the stuff that we're talking about is based on truth. It's based on fundamentals that are eternal not something that's going to be gone next week, like what we're saying about some of these events. The eternal principles about life, nature, how the world works, philosophy, these things are very, very important to strengthening the individual, the individual mind. And that is perpetuated. Once you learn it, you cannot help but influence others around you with that energy. If you're around a bunch of do-nothings, you're around a, a bunch of know-nothing people, where is anything going to come from to contribute to anything worthwhile and productive and great? It's not.
3: I think it's powerful, too. We said this in part one, that we see the world as we are, not as it is. It's so important to know who you are and, 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 and be, again, just be honest with yourself because if you are not, You will continue to just go about life and see the world as you are and attract who you are. may not be totally you, but we talked about that you meet people and then there's something that pulls you, whether it's, I won't use positive or negative, bad energy, good energy, or whatever. And in some cases, there's something there, but that does not mean that you are connected to this person. Mm-hmm. I think so often, like when Stella was saying how, you know, we talked about how she says when she's around a crowd, she feels depleted, so to speak, mm-hmm. and she gets energy from when she's alone. But she knows she knows who she is,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and she's okay with that. And if people know who she is, then they would be okay and understand, because, like, sometimes when she'll come, I'll leave just so she has that 15, 20 minutes of space,
4: because mm-hmm. I know
3: how that, I know what that feels like. And so it's just about knowing who you are and allowing people to be who they are and accepting it. It's not trying to change people when you don't quite know who you are and what parts of you that need to be changed. So we're trying see, to connect. That's, that's
1: a problem with the system that we that we are a part of because we have an a idea of a system that is based on morality and laws and things like that, and it's run by other human beings. Okay, You look at the the – the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. And I've referenced a lot of movies and things like that because there are philosophies put in there by some very intelligent people um, that create these stories. But the alien in The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original, uh, says that we created artificial robots to govern us because humans are full of faults. You cannot entrust human beings to enforce Laws and unbiased and injustice you you can't you cannot put human beings in charge of that, but that is how our system is set up and automatically we think that a cop can't make a mistake a cop can't be wrong and some people back them to the degree that no cops are one hundred percent right, the laws are one hundred percent right, authority is one hundred percent right, and that's just not the case.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It is being enforced by human beings that are just like you and me, but it is government-backed, which means that there is very little recourse for mistakes or for injustices that are done because the actual government or the actual rulership is in control of the the organization.
3: And I wanted to let everybody know um, we may go over just a bit. We're going to prepare to bring it to a close. But our time is up at ten o'clock, which is about four minutes. So if you want to continue listening and hear the final thoughts, dial in now at eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. Again, eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. And I just posted that in the um, on the event page. So go ahead and do that now if you want to continue listening. Because I do believe even on Facebook, I'm not sure that it runs out at ten o'clock. So. We're gonna get ready to bring it to a close. Um, Torian, final final words. Um, and I'm sure I know Rodney missed out on the first part, but I'd like to maybe have you come back again. And we. Oh, uh, I would love. Okay, to. okay, uh, okay. I guess I can. Uh, we can maybe. Improv- and... I can
1: improv a little uh, story real quick about. Um, I wanted to get into energy and language and all of that stuff. So let me improv a little story real quick. Uh, say for example there is a a young man whose father was a a very successful um, engineer. And his son pursued a very similar path of engineering and a trip to a foreign country, let's just say India. Now, when he went on this foreign trip to India and carried with him a book about engineering, Now, this young man who is, uh, you know, from a a wealthy, well-to-do family in America, went on this trip to India carrying, you know, some of his booklets for his studies for for school. The book falls out of his satchel, out of his bag when he's, you know, just visiting some of the the cities and the slums or whatever of of India. A young Indian boy, Hindi. Hindu Indian boy, this book. This book is written in English. However, it has a pictorial guide also. So alongside the the English wording, there are pictures illustrating what's what's being said in the words for instruction. This young man is living in an impoverished lifestyle. He's living in a very impoverished lifestyle, very poor. Uh, There there are extreme conditions affecting him and his family. And this book is somewhat of a a novelty. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of books around, so this this book becomes very dear to him. So he studies this book. He's looking at it every day, and he's Mm -hmm. studying the pictures. And unlike the language that is written, the pictures are making very much sense to him. He's understanding the things that the book is talking about because the pictures are things that he is very familiar with. So he starts to experiment and build and build things that are resembled in, inside the book and seeing how they work. From an engineering standpoint, he's creating things. And this young man eventually creates a device that helps to cure the ills of his village by creating a device that gives them energy. Now, what does this say is that wording carries an energy. Those words, after having been put down and documented in that book, carried an energy. But limitations that were on that language system did not allow for it to be directly communicated to this this young boy, but the picture, the pictorial images did, and therefore they were lasting and eternal. And not only that, but the social, physical demands of this young man's life that he went through gave him an ability that the young boy that was traveling to India that had all the all the tools, all the resources to do the same thing did not accomplish because he did not have, the need and the desire, the necessity to create change. Mm. So that was just a little story that I wanted to tell about how words and energy carry and the significance of words and most especially pictures and symbolism.
3: I think you said
5: a lot about what we see, the perception of what we see as well. -hmm. So, Rodney? I'm just going to end with, with this uh, number one uh Tori, and I'm so glad that uh uh you were able to to come back on uh again i, I do apologize for missing you the first time but um if this was any indication uh, uh any 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 indicator of the first show then uh, i know that it was uh phenomenal i i i feel like you gave out a lot of uh really valuable information and uh I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, like you said before, it, it took you a lot of time and a lot of effort to uh, to get this. And so, uh, I personally want to thank you for being on uh, and, and looking thank forward you. to.
4: Thank you.
5: Thank uh, you. Oh, no problem. Thank you very man. much. You. No problem. Hey,
3: Yep. Ryan, you remember me telling you that um, when I met Torian the first time I met him, and it was about Brandon, um, you know, him training Brandon for the MMA fighting, and, and Torian told me if I can't take it, I need to stay at home.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there they <were.
3: laughs> I need to stay in my house. We're talking about my son. But I did that, and I had such respect for him from that day forward.
5: Hey, so. when people are honest and straight up, you may not like what they say, but you know what? Over over the over the, the long haul, you gain a lot of respect for
3: them. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that we're we're much more affected by the things that we don't than we are um, by what but by what is said. Um, so we keep a lot in out of. We talked about you know being being too kind and not wanting to offend. Anyone, mm-hmm. uh, I just think we covered some, some great things here. I really like how Torian and ended about, and I took the, I got so much from just thinking about the visual effects, even thinking about when I first learned to read, and probably most kids do. i have not, Ronnie, you may can, can talk about this more, but um, that's how I would read the picture, I would read based on what I saw, the mm-hmm. picture, you know, the picture of the book, you know, mm-hmm. that's how I, I remember reading to my cousins and, 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 you know, people who are older who were helping me with reading. And so it's just so much to life, you all. And and I am, I'm so thankful for you doing the show because part one helped me so much because I was in this place. I was in this
1: place. No, it, 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 it does good for me, it does great for my, my consciousness and everything else to be able to share all of this information because otherwise it makes what I've learned not worth anything mm-hmm. if I can't share it.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: though it's been my desire to improve myself, if I cannot share that with anybody and I can't pass that on, I sit and I, I'm I mean it devours me. The knowledge mm-hmm. itself devours me because there is no relativity for me when other individuals can't perceive the same the same way that I perceive things. Okay. So it does great for me to share that and have other individuals that want to know more, mm-hmm. that want to know the truth. To be able to receive that truth.
3: Okay, okay. Well, well, well. So we'll get together. I know Rodney, you're leaving tomorrow, right? Going on your honeymoon. Yeah.
5: Yes, ma'am.
3: You will come back with. Uh, well, I've been actually out for this year <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, never mind. You all have. I'm sure we'll, we'll. What time are you all leaving tomorrow? Uh.
5: Our flight doesn't leave until 345.
3: Okay, okay, okay. Maybe we'll get to, to chat to see what we can do for next Monday if you're going to be back. Um, but thank you, Tori. And, again, as Ronnie said, thank you. I mean, really, I needed this. I, 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 you don't know how bad I needed it.
1: Unfortunately, I think um, the the talk about the, the other stuff has hindered some of the stuff that we were going to talk about, mm-hmm. but I would still like to get back into more information about proper meditation um, and we were going to talk about how light syn- synthesizes into nutrition mm-hmm. and energy in different energy forms and how that relates to the human body
3: mm-hmm. as well
1: as the, the physical world around us. Mm-hmm. So I would like to, to, I guess, pick back up on that on okay. the next show.
3: It's so deep. It's almost as if you could take one, like I think my favorite out of this now, after what we've covered tonight, is the heart, energy in mm-hmm. the heart,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, which is a, has become another addiction for me. Um, trying to figure out the difference or the connection with my heart and my mind And be able to bring those to an agreement And I don't okay. know if that sounds No,
1: good. it does because I'm going to let you know what, what it is The heart is magnetic energy The heart is magnetic The
5: mind is electrical oh.
3: Did you, you say something?
5: Uh, she she did. Can you hear? Her? Yeah. She she laughed really loud.
3: Because I was like, wait a minute, we are no to Log off and log back uh, on on another stream after that one. The heart. <laughs> what did Mary <some> say? <laughs> Can right? Oh, she just said right. <laughs> okay, yeah, say that li- one more time. Line on the heart is
4: magnetic.
5: The mind is
3: electrical.
5: The mind is electrical.
3: Mm-hmm. We need to do a show with that title.
1: Mm-hmm. The, I mean, we're we're still talking about the principles basically that govern existence, and electromagnetism is something that we are all subject to, and basically everything that we see around us is in form of electric or magnetic, which is positive and negative. Magnetic is negative, electrical is positive.
3: Okay, so when you say the heart is magnet, I'm I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get on this. I promise, I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna get us off of here.
1: So they say, listen to your heart. It's because your heart is receiving. Remember, negative is receiving. Listen to your heart. Your heart is picking up on the subtleties of other people's minds. It's picking up on the the thoughts that other people are thinking. So people that are thinking evil thoughts, you pick up on that in your heart. You're picking up their electrical signals coming from their mind in your heart. And when I, when I say heart, it's really more of a center. They call it heart. It's not necessarily your heart as an organ, but the nervous system in this particular area for those vertebrae. Your, mind, your, your brain conducts electricity and down your spine, okay? Your spine is the base for all of these different nervous centers in your body. These things work off of electric, electricity, what happens, what happens when your heart stops?
2: Well, I thought that's from just right no, what, what no, what, there. What happens
1: when your heart stops?
2: After you dead,
1: huh? No, what do they do, though? They try to resuscitate you by doing what? Shocking you.
3: Well, you're dead, though. No, no but what
1: I'm saying is when, you, when your heart stops and you're at the, the hospital, they try to do get what? They, they shock you to get it back going. They send electricity through you to try to start your heart back
3: because when they say someone's brain dead and they still have a heartbeat.
1: I mean, you can – brain dead is more of a disconnection between the nervous.
3: Okay. All right. Okay. So we're going to have a show after the show, y'all. It's been – thank you all for, for those of you who are still out there. Um, we will be back, I don't know with what, next Monday. Uh, Rodney and I will talk, hopefully, before he gets out of here. Um Again, congratulations,
1: Rodney and Tamaria. Um, so if, if anybody's got any suggestions about things that they want to talk about, I'd love to hear them. So, I mean, please don't be silent. That's if you got some suggestions that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, you got some topics of concern, you want any reiteration upon anything that we've, we've spoken about, or you want links to some of the things that you can study, just Please, you know, don't be corny. How can they reach you to? Can you tell
3: them how they? Can I mean, reach they can
1: you? they can private message me, um, to Torian Whitlow. Right now, I actually have my profile uh, security off because of a lot of the videos that I've been sharing. Other people have been sharing, and I want a lot of that stuff to get out there. So I've turned my security stuff off. But uh, I have a very simple email. It's my name, Torian Whitlow at Gmail. Torian Whitlow at Gmail. So if anybody wants any any information. You can message me directly
3: there. Okay, and if you can't, you know how to get in touch with with Rodney. You know how to get in touch with me, we'll Steve post, it we on the, will, post it on the event page. Right, we'll we'll get you to him. So, uh, thank. Any final words, Rodney? Want to go ahead and close this out? I think I'm done for tonight. I'm gonna ask some more questions about this heart and mind stuff after the show.
5: <laughs> uh, no, that that is it. I'm looking forward to the to to the next show. Uh uh especially uh hearing more uh, about um, uh what torian uh finished uh just said so uh great show uh again thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight uh we will definitely see you uh next monday same time same station good night everybody.